Today is Wednesday, November 30th, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. The Respect for Marriage Act advances. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, give us a rating, share with a friend, all that good stuff. Get through the news of the cray with someone you trust. And today we're going to get through it with yours truly and Trey Goins Phillips from CBN's Faith Wire. Billy is um, probably decorating his Christmas tree <laughs> or something, uh, but he's not here. He'll be back. But uh, Trey, what's going on? Happy hump day. I know. And can you believe that it's the end of November? No, like, I cannot. Where has 2022 gone? Like, I feel like 2022 just started and now we're going into the final month of it. Yeah, it's a recurring theme that we kind of marvel at how fast time flies. But it's it's very it's such a true saying, you know, the days are long, the years are short. I mean, that it's just so true. I don't know how it happens, but it happens. It really. I don't know. See, People say that to me all the time, but I think it's the days are short, the years are short. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think all of it, Fair all enough. of it is short because we talk about it all the time, like getting our work done throughout the day. And I know so many people listening feel the same way. We're yeah. all in the same boat. Like, how is it that the day, the workday is over and I only accomplished two things? Yeah, true. Well, you're not a parent yet, though, Trey. I mean, you're a dog parent. So may, that's saying, different. I hear parents saying that saying more. So maybe... Maybe that's yeah, where maybe that's where it some resonates truth more. To that, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so you'll find out soon enough. Soon enough, I guess. We'll see. But anyway, um, a lot coming up on the pod today. Uh, you are going to be talking about this children's hospital taking some heat. Yeah. So a Wisconsin children's hospital, they're getting a lot of questions uh, for a person that they just hired to be their newest chaplain, and we'll go through all the details. Yeah, definitely interesting. We'll check that out. Also, a conversation with Jody Benson, who's known as the voice of Ariel in Disney's The Little Mermaid. And we'll have that and a whole lot more. But first, we are going to get through the news in 90 seconds. Biden's botched withdrawal in Afghanistan ended up being a huge propaganda gift to China. And this is according to Biden's own DOD in their annual report to Congress, which was released this week. China took advantage and opportunity of the chaos to spread the message to other world leaders that America is not a reliable ally. And former Vice President Mike Pence is criticizing former President Trump. He said President Trump was wrong to give a white nationalist, an anti-Semite, and a Holocaust denier a seat at the table. And I think he should apologize for it. This was in response to Trump meeting with Kanye West and Nick Fuentes. And Congress is one step closer to giving federal protections to same-sex marriage. In a key vote this week, the Respect for Marriage Act gained the support of enough senators to clear a filibuster. Critics are still concerned, however, about religious liberty protections. There is bipartisan support for the bill, but many still believe that this will open the door for Christian organizations to be forced into violating their own religious beliefs in order to facilitate gay marriages. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at cbnnews.com. And Trey, this Respect for Marriage Act, this one is interesting. It's causing a lot of division within the church. Well, yeah, I think the elephant in the room here is what's the motivation behind this legislation. And I think for the, the left, a lot of the motivation 
is just to silence and sideline the Christians who have issues with uh, LGBT weddings, right? Because who yeah. else are they are they trying to silence other than that group of people? Right. So it makes sense that there are people like Franklin Graham and Tony Perkins who are speaking out, and other Christian leaders, uh, you know, from across the country who are speaking out against this. Because yeah, sure, it might enshrine the rights and protect the rights of one group of people. Uh, but it, it can't do that without displacing the rights of another huge group of people. And then theologically, we get into a whole other debate. What's the definition of marriage? Yeah. Should you even be classifying a, a, a same-sex union as a marriage to even, you know, to begin with? So it's just a whole, it, it's a whole problem, I think, in, in many ways. But, you know, uh, Franklin Graham is one of the first to speak out, or one of the loudest to speak out, I should say. He's calling this whole bill nothing but a smokescreen uh, and very deceptive and intended to attack the rights of Christians. Yeah, and there's just a lot of questions that end up going around related to this issue. Trey, we were talking about, we had been listening in to Dr. Michael Brown, who we've had him on our uh, Faith versus Culture show. We've had him on our podcast talking about this issue on his live stream, and he was taking calls about should Christians go to a same-sex wedding? And his answer was essentially no, but it was interesting hearing him talk about that. And you you heard some people, they're conflicted. Christians really want to support and love people, even if they um, don't agree with what they're doing with their life. They want to support them. But um, I heard uh, Dr. John Piper put this out, and he said that, well, you wouldn't go to somebody's greed celebration or somebody's adultery celebration and he's like, that's that's essentially what this is. This is a sin. Same same sex marriage is a sin. And so just put any other sin, fill in the blank, and then see if it makes sense. And it, that it doesn't, clearly, when you line it up. But all of these issues, I think, come up that are, are they're being debated in the church right now, and they're being talked about. So I think it is important to bring it up because um, there's a lot of confusion out there. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, Dr. Brown is doing something that a lot of Christians, a lot of us have been kind of reticent to do for a long time, which I think is why so many questions still remain in the church, is we've been unwilling to touch the tricky topics, right? But we know now we kind of have to because this is no longer a hyperbolic situation. It's not an abstract idea. You know, what would you do if you were invited to a a homosexual wedding? The reality is we all know somebody, a friend, a, a family member, either in our immediate family or extended family, who is LGBTQ whatever. Uh, I identifying as something other than heterosexual. We all have somebody in our lives and we're probably going to get invited to a wedding or two at some point in our lives. So I think it is important to figure out, okay, how are we going to do this compassionately, but still follow the conviction of the Holy Spirit? And I think uh, Dr. Brown struck the right balance of, yeah, it's probably right for you to say no to the wedding, but don't cut off the person altogether. Then have a conversation if they're open to it, explaining why you don't want to go to the wedding. And, you know, I still want to have a relationship with you. I still want to be part of your life. Uh, but God doesn't honor this. So it's hard for me to honor it as a Christian. Yeah. And and that's where the disconnect is, because I think Christians can feel like, OK, I, I love this person and I care for them still. And, I, and I'm trying to do what's right. But that's not how it's being received in most cases. They view it as, well, this is who I am. This is core to my being. And so that disagreement's there. And when that person sees you saying, I can't do that, they think you're just totally dismissing them as a person. But that's where that misunderstanding of how we view people are, because in many cases, you will see people in the LGBT community, 
wrap their identity up in their sexuality. And that is not where the Christians should wrap their identity up. Their their identity should be wrapped up in the fact that they are an image bearer of God, that they're a human made in the image of God. That's your primary identification. And so when you have those two things competing with each other, it's difficult to understand where each other are coming from because you're really starting in really two different places. Yeah. Well, and also I think the, another huge issue here is our definition and understanding of tolerance, right? We don't really have an actual understanding of the word tolerance, which is to tolerate somebody who has a different perspective than me. Nowadays, if, you know, in order to tolerate somebody, uh, you have to go above and beyond anything close to tolerate. You have to not only accept and affirm, but outwardly celebrate their decision. And if you don't do those things, uh, then your words are violence. You're doing something horrible and heinous to that person that you disagree with, uh, which makes it, you know, it kind of pigeonholes us as Christians uh, where, you know, in our secular culture, we have to be the ones to give up everything uh, in, in honor of, of the people who hold a different perspective. And I just wonder where's the balance there? Why can't, why can't people who are yeah. non-believers or in a secular world or have a different perspective, why can't they give a little bit too? And I realize that Christians aren't going to respond as compassionately as, as we should in all situations because we're human, but we should be trying our best and we should be accepted for doing what we can to balance our convictions and being compassionate. Yeah, no, that's well said. And and you're right about giving a little bit because these cases, it's like they've sought these things out. They've picked out the one example where we find somebody standing their ground. But is it really an epidemic of people in the LGBT community not being able to find a place to get cakes for their wedding? Um, is this is this really an actually a large problem in society where people in the LGBT community cannot get goods and services? It feels like very much the exception to find a Christian baker who is also because there are plenty of Christian bakers who are just like, look, I'm going to you do that. That's between you and God. I'll just make the cake like there's plenty of them that do that. And so I think you're really zeroing in on a minority of people who are just all happen to be Christians in the cake baking community and that also get asked frequently about gay weddings and doing that. It just seems like an incredible minority that's being targeted here to to make this large blanket rule across America and to present this perception that somehow, uh, because there's often civil rights language being used here, and yeah. it, it's totally not a fair comparison, and it's a little bit disrespectful, uh, in my opinion, to African Americans who were actually shunned from society, separated from society with Jim Crow laws in horrible ways. And for those two things to be compared is, it's uh, I, I think it's a little bit egregious. And to your point, I mean, I, I do think, look, the other side has to understand, hey, I can, if I run into a Christian that isn't going to make a gay wedding cake, I should just go, okay, I, I got it. I understand where you're coming from. I'll be back for some cupcakes later. It won't, which you'll, usually they'll completely serve you there. It's not like they won't serve gays on the basis of them being gay. It would be nice if society could land there. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of comical. Who would want you? Why would you want somebody? I don't know. Why would you want to force somebody who doesn't right. want to do something? Why would you want to force them into doing it? It's like that classic conversation, I think, between two spouses where uh, maybe the wife asks the husband to do something. Uh, and then the husband kind of grunts and groans like, oh, I don't really. And then the wife is like, after she gets that reaction, well, I don't want you to do it if that's going to be your attitude. I'll just go do it. My, mm. I'll just go do it myself. Yeah. Like, I think that's that's how people really should be. I, I don't want somebody who's going to grunt and groan and say, I don't really want to do this, but the law is requiring me to right. do this. There are hundreds of thousands of cake bakers across right. the country. That's, yeah. Just find the one that works with your with your lifestyle and go with it. Why do you need to infringe on the rights of, right. of the small cake shop that great guy, I'm talking about Jack Phillips right now, great guy. Why would he want to, you know, he doesn't want to, to do anything uh, when it comes to gay weddings. Why do you want to force him to do it? I, I don't understand. Yeah. Right. Especially because it's not like we just can't find a cake baker anywhere. All of them are turning <laughs> right. us down. Like, I just don't believe right. that's the case. I don't think anyone believes that's the case. So, all right. Well, we're definitely going to keep reporting on that over on CBNnews.com. So stay tuned and Faithwire. Stay tuned to details there. Uh, we have lots. I know Heather Sells is on that. Caitlin Burke has been on that as well. So keep, keep an eye out for more uh, reporting on that. We're going to go into our next story here. And there's a Wisconsin Children's Hospital taking some heat for their latest chaplain hires. Trey, what's going on there? Yeah, so this story really you know, fits right into to the conversation <laughs> yeah. we just had. It seems like children's hospitals and children in general uh, have the bullseye on their back right now when it comes to sexuality and the, the secular world right now. So uh, this hospital, uh, Wisconsin Children's, they just hired a transgender activist, essentially, uh, to serve as their newest chaplain. Uh, Kate Neuendorp, uh, is, she's known for her leftist ideologies. She once published on her Facebook page a poem titled Jesus at the Gay Bar. Uh, in June of last year, Neuendorp wrote uh, on social media, what better way to celebrate pride than being ordained? Uh, many thanks to my church and classes for being willing to stand for queer folks being included in ministry and for allowing me to follow God's call. She said it's a dream come true to now be a chaplain for uh, Children's Wisconsin. She added, I'm so excited to be working alongside everyone and I'm pumped to be part of the team. Think of me as your friendly next door neighbor. Uh, she also derided in another social media post, anyone who takes issue with her serving as a minister, uh, despite being engaged to a female, she's a female engaged to a woman, uh, and that woman that she's engaged to is seeking to undergo transgender surgeries uh, and uses he and they pronouns. So all kinds of all kinds of personal and professional issues that should raise alarm bells for Christians uh, to see this woman just installed as the chaplain for this this kids hospital. Yeah, you got to wonder what the definition of chaplain here is. But what is the uh, what's the reaction been? So at least one former Children's Wisconsin employee is speaking out against Neuendorp's placement. I have to imagine there are probably more, uh, yeah. but there's just been this one who's willing to not even use their name, but willing to put their words out there. Uh, so this employee, ex-employee, told the Federalist the new hire feels like a step too far. Uh, and that worker was referring first to the actions of another chaplain at the hospital, Ian Butts, uh, who reportedly interviewed hospital staffers who were requesting 
requesting religious exemption to the COVID-19 vaccination. He was making unilateral decisions on whether uh, their uh, religious exemption requests were legitimate enough or sincere enough for him. So that was kind of one thing that that raised alarm bells uh, at this particular hospital. And now hiring this trans activist essentially as a chaplain is raising even more concerns. Uh, this is what the, the former staffer had to say. Uh, this feels like they have actively recruited activists into this field uh, to further their progressive agenda. I think this situation really calls into question who do we want guiding the spiritual development of our children, especially children who are stuck in a hospital, isolated, sometimes alone, and extremely vulnerable and easily impressionable? Yeah, this is, I mean, quite quite an interesting story here because we are seeing such a shift in society. And, um, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, has it always been the case here, Trey, that these chaplains are Christians or is it just because they're calling them, you know, as you said, spiritual care interns is kind of what they call them. And it's like, are we into that place now where religion's just religion and it can be anything? Yeah, you know, I think we're we're moving into this tricky place as a world. I know we've talked about this, Billy Hallowell, he's written about this too, like this new age type world that we're yeah. moving into where you can kind of create this amalgamation of all kinds of different religions. So we see that at, at, in the military, we've seen it at hospitals, uh, bringing in people who we once, like you were saying, would have thought, okay, for the most part, they're going to be pastors, uh, Christian pastors, maybe Catholic priests. But other than those two, it's, you know, that's not going to be much else. You know, maybe a, a Jewish rabbi. Uh, so there are those three categories I think we've been yeah. used to seeing. Yeah. Uh, but now it's turning into all kinds of different things. Even one of the newest hires there, in addition to uh, Neuendorp, uh, is this woman named Meg Trim, uh, is, like you said, the spiritual care intern. Uh, and in October, Trim, who said... Uh, you, they use the, the pronouns they and them. Uh, obviously, Trim is a biological female, but uses they, them pronouns. Uh, she posted a video to TikTok arguing that God is trans. Uh, in the caption, uh, Trim wrote that being transgender is, quote, possibly an integral part of God's saving work. So I say that, use that as an example just to say, I don't necessarily think chaplain means anything like what we used to think it means. It's just whatever you whatever you want it to mean uh, yeah. is is kind of the world that we live in now, which shouldn't be surprising in such a relativistic no, society. It shouldn't be surprising, but it should be a red flag and sort of a warning Certainly to, concerning. to yeah. parents, especially to make sure you are entrusting when when you ever entrust anyone to put, speak anything into the life of your kids whether it's at a hospital, a school, or wherever, make sure you know what these people believe before they're pouring into your kids. Because it, the trans activists, I mean, let's be honest about it. Remember, transgender is a mental issue where you disassociate from your actual gender. So it's a mental issue. And so that person that is just kind of accepting this issue and just going along with it and, and not really addressing it is now in charge of spiritual care of others. I find that I find that troubling and concerning, especially especially if it's Christian parents who are for whatever reason in the hospital, children's hospital. I mean, I've we've got friends who have a um, young boy with cancer, and so they're having to go to these children's hospitals and uh, do all the chemo and everything else. And is that where that comes into play? Um, hopefully, hopefully it's not forced on them where it's just kind of part of the routine and they come by, um, because, you know, 
if it were me as a parent, I would have a problem with that. Um, so I don't, I don't know what the exact situation there is as far as the day to day in the hospital, but yeah, that's, you have to consider the source of where you're getting your quote unquote spiritual care from. Yeah. Look, I think as adults, as, as believers who are adults, we need to be compassionate in how we have these conversations. Our hearts should break for people who are dealing with this kind of of sexual immorality, of course. And then as parents, uh, you add that other layer. And I know you've got young kids, Dan, that you've got to be the the protective parent to ensure that your kids aren't being exposed to things that they're not yet able to handle or understand. You don't want them to fall victim to this kind of ideology before they have a firm grip of of even, uh, you know, reality themselves. So to add this other layer, I think is particularly egregious and concerning that it's happening, not just at hospitals, but it's happening specifically in children's hospitals. So I think that's all the more reason for parents to be super, super involved, obviously, in their the medical care of their children. But this is also happening in the public school system, right? So they need to be super vigilant and involved. I mean, go to every PTA meeting if you can uh, and, and be very present in your kid's classroom because this stuff is coming, I think, yeah. from all different directions. And the classroom is one of the, the main places they're getting a lot of this. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, we're going to have to leave it there. Um, got to get into our main thing now, running out of time for that. So Jody Benson is known as the voice of Ariel in Disney's The Little Mermaid. But she recently sat down with Trey to talk about her Christian faith and how she's seen the Lord guide and convict her throughout her unique career. That's today's main thing. To many, Jody Benson is the voice of Ariel in The Little Mermaid. Now more than 30 years since her underwater debut, Benson is looking back. She shares with us how she even landed the now iconic gig with perhaps the biggest name in entertainment, the Walt Disney Company. Every story that seems to be part of my journey and of my career just seems to be very strange for some reason. So I was doing a a Broadway show called Smile with Howard Ashman and Marvin Hamlish. And so I had been working on this project nearly three to four years by the time we had, you know, auditioned and then did the backers audition and we had to do the out-of-town tryout and the workshop and everything. And so there was this wonderful Broadway show and it was my first starring role in, in a lead role and I was really excited about it. And um, tragically, it closed in six weeks uh, with, with a really stinky review in the New York Times. So... Um, no names mentioned about that, but so in the middle of all of this, uh, the character of Doria, which is mm-hmm. the one I was creating, they had written a song for me called Disneyland, and so I sang this beautiful song in the first act and closed the show with it, and at the time, Howard Ashman was working on The Little Mermaid, so all the powers that be came to see the show from Disney. And they came to the dressing room, and they were just, you know, we loved the song, we loved your performance. And I thought, well, that's really sweet. So when the show was closing so quickly, uh, I think Howard felt sorry for us that we had lost our jobs. And so he kindly invited a handful of us girls to audition for Ariel. And, um, you know, like I say, it's kind of like this wonderful little gift that we were given as we were walking towards the unemployment office. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. just one of those bizarre situations that we thought no one's ever going to get this. None of us are going to get this job. But I went to the audition. It was an old reel-to-reel tape, uh, press, play, and record. And uh, I came up with this voice in the ladies' room, ran to the ladies' room, came back, 
laid it down of what I thought maybe Ariel would sound like. I had a cassette tape of Howard Ashman singing Part of Your World that I used as a reference, and I just imitated him and read a couple of scenes, and um, that was it. You know, just laid it down and thought, well, that's a really fun experience. It was a fun thing to do today. And a year later, I got the call that I had gotten the job and uh, from a pager uh, with a roll of quarters (laughs) on 16th and Broadway and a payphone and called my agent and said, what's up? And she said, well, you got it. Hmm. You you got Ariel, and my response was, you know, what is an Ariel? I, <laughs> I have no recollection of this year that has gone by. So, um, yeah, and here we are, 30, 35, yeah. 36 years, I think I'm going on now with the company. If it's not clear already, Benson is a Christian. From Broadway to Burbank, she is certain the Lord has been the lead artist weaving what she sees as the tapestry of her life. Every step of my journey and my career over the last uh, 42 years, I think, is, has all been God-ordained with, with a wonderful sense of humor, mm. I think. Uh, I think it's the way that he keeps me humble. Um, he keeps me attentive to knowing that he's in charge and I'm not. Because every single step of my journey has been very unique and doesn't really make any sense, just gives me even more of the confirmation to know that he's in charge and I'm not. Mm. Um, I love the way that he pulls things together for me because a lot of times it just doesn't follow a normal sequence of events. (laughs) But I'm used to that now after 42 years. I I really am. I'm, I'm used to things being just kind of crazy, out Mm. of sync, chaotic. They don't really make a lot of sense. They just don't follow a formula for me, it seems like. And that's just kind of how God works in my life. But I I really do correlate it to um, a tapestry. So when you, you have this beautiful tapestry with these woven pieces of fabric and strings and all that, and on the top, it's just gorgeous and put together and it makes Mm. sense. But when you turn it over, it is just a bunch of stray pieces of string in knots. It is a mess on the backside. That's kind of how I feel like my life has sort of evolved. The backside sort of just looks chaotic and messy. But when you put all the pieces together and you see the journey of these decades in my life, it has made this incredible tapestry that is just totally God-ordained. Now Benson is stepping back into the world of animation. She's voicing Nia Wingfeather in the forthcoming series The Wingfeather Saga, an Angel Studios show based on the best-selling novel series by Andrew Peterson. To learn more and to get a first look at the soon-to-be-released series, visit angel.com. All right, Trey, thanks for that conversation there. And that leaves us with time for one last thing on this Wednesday. 
Yeah, so we're going to look at Nehemiah 8.10. It says, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the context here is the Israelites uh, had just been confronted by the law with their sin. uh, And they were grieving and distraught and and thinking, how can we ever measure up? We'll never measure up. Uh, So they're just wallowing in that grief. And the Lord is saying, no, let that let the law convict you of your sin, but then turn to me uh, and the joy of the Lord will strengthen you as you move forward. Yeah. And I think that's that balance that we have to live in where, you know, they were obviously woed by their sin and, but that's what God wants, right? And he knows we're not going to be able to be perfect here on this side of eternity because of sin and our fallen nature, but turn to him, follow him. That's what he keeps begging the Israelites in the old Testament. Stop, stop you know going to the high places stop worshiping your idols turn towards me and of course so many times they fail but god's so patient with them over and over and over again so patient i mean he had every right to just wipe them all out but he he kept for the sake of his name he kept them a remnant of them and kept them going but it's it's in his patience his great love for us and his mercy and forgiveness you know christ on the cross eventually um comes and just satisfies the father's wrath and so we have a patient and loving God, and so let's be joyful in that. Let's be glad in that. Let's rest in that. No matter how many times we fall short, um, He's going to be there to welcome us in. As long as we keep turning to Him, we got to. It's it's this balancing act. Like we've got to. One doesn't come before the other, right? You got to just. You got to just. Okay, if you sin, you got to turn. It's it's uh, it's the walk of the Christian. So yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. All right. We're going to leave it there on this Wednesday. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. We will be back here tomorrow with more. As always, head on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. God bless.